Hey friends, I'm Julie Holmquist and you are listening to Kairos Moments Podcast. God's been speaking to you for a while and you know you are called to something. It's time to stop playing it safe with your faith, time to lean into your calling, and time to bring those God-given dreams to life. It's time. Let's do this together. Hey, today I'm giving you forewarning. I know I'm going to be stepping on some toes, but it's something that I've struggled with and I still struggle with to a degree, and I think it keeps a lot of us stuck. I don't have to tell you, if you struggle with procrastination, you know from experience how it keeps us from making progress in our God-given dreams. I'm fascinated about how God wired our brains and the neuroscience behind some of our behaviors. So when I did the research for this podcast, I was, my eyes were really opened. By the end of this podcast, you will learn what procrastination truly is, why we do it, and some practical ways to overcome it so we can move forward, right? I don't want to leave you hanging with, okay, I know I struggle, but now what? So let's dive in. Number one, what is procrastination? We all know the basic definition. Procrastination is putting off what you can do today till someday in the future. We all do it to some degree. Some of us struggle more than others, and it just keeps us stuck. For years, my dream has been, well, I've had lots of dreams. My dream has been to write a book, create my own magazine, and have a speaking career. But when I sit my butt down in the chair to actually write, and I'm staring at that blank screen, my mind starts to think about everything and anything else that needs to be done, or something more fun to do at least. My writer friends and I, we joke around about how the grout in our showers has never been so clean as when we are working on a deadline. But at the bottom line, procrastination, it's a self-defeating habit that doesn't serve us in doing what God's called us to do. We may feel like we're making progress because we tell ourselves we'll do it tomorrow. We may even put it in our calendars. We may assign it a date. But by doing that, we we fool ourselves into thinking that we're actually doing something with it. But we're not. They're very different. Matter of fact, in his book, Atomic Habits, James Clear warns us to not confuse motion with action. And I'll include a link to an article that he wrote that gives um, a little more detail about that. An example of this would be, you might want to lose weight and get healthy. So you sign up for a gym membership and even maybe even hire a personal trainer. That's motion. Okay, going to the gym and lifting weights or walking on the treadmill, that is action. Do you get the difference? Another example would be you want to write a book. You go to the writer's conference, you you sign up for a mastermind, you even hire a writing coach. But unless you put action behind what you're learning, it's only motion. Action would be taking what you had learned and actually doing something with it. So now that we know what procrastination is, as if any of you had to be told, we're going to talk about why we do it. And this is where the neuroscience comes in. And I'm I'm just fascinated by it. 
So if it doesn't help us in any way, then why do we do it? Why do we procrastinate, especially on things that are close to our hearts, things that matter to us, things that would better our lives, anything like that? There are lots of possible reasons, but I'm going to share with you the ones that really resonated with me. The first one is boredom. And this is closely related to the shiny object syndrome, meaning we start something, but when it gets a little boring or we get bogged down in the mundane aspects of it, you know, the minutia of the little details, we end up looking for something new and exciting. I have a habit of starting things And then when I get bored, I want to find something else to do. Okay, I'm going to share something with you and it may seem kind of weird, but I had a dream once and in that dream, I opened a fast food hamburger, cheeseburger. I took a bite and I laid it aside. I took another one, opened it up, took a bite and laid it aside. And I did this repeatedly over and over again until I was surrounded by partially eaten cheeseburgers, a lot of them. So there's a deeper meaning in here, I promise. Stay with me. When I woke up the next morning with that dream, I felt like God said to me, Julie, everything I have for you will come to pass. It will all happen, but you cannot have it all right now, right? All those hamburgers. You need to, number one, savor the season you're in completely before I can move you move you to the next one. So I needed to completely eat the hamburger I was holding before opening another one. And number two, God has something for us in each phase, in each season, and in the process. And so I needed to just trust the process and stay in it when it gets boring or mundane or monotonous, whatever that is. I needed to learn how to stay in it. Okay, this next one is perfectionism. Oh my gosh, perfectionism. I have struggled with this one in the past and I still do to a degree, but I call myself a recovering perfectionist. I would have never called it perfectionism because my life has never looked perfect, but that's really what it was. It's perfectionism. It's the inability to move forward until something is perfect. If you were to come over to my house or spend any amount of time with me, you would not know I struggled with perfectionism at all. But that's how perfectionism showed up in my life. If I couldn't clean my kitchen completely from top to bottom, I didn't feel like I could even start. Isn't that ridiculous? Do you see how that plays out with a God-given dream? If I can't execute the dream God's given me perfectly, or at least have the complete blueprint in my mind, exactly what it will look like from start to finish, then I don't feel adequate to even start. On episode four, I had Pete and Jordan Jones um, as guests on the podcast. They are the creators of the Daily Kairos Journal. And before we started recording, Jordan and I were chatting and she was sharing with me how God was teaching her that imperfect action is progress. I think that's what God calls us to, right? imperfect action. He is perfection himself. He is the embodiment, the epitome of perfection. And if he breathes his blessing on what we're doing, nothing else matters. God doesn't need us to do things perfectly. 
So with perfectionism, we can get stuck in the planning mode with no action. I am so guilty. We've been to all the conferences, all the seminars, the masterminds. We've heard all the podcasts. We've purchased courses. We've hired different coaches. But what we end up stuck with is ready, set, aim, aim, aim. (laughs) We never pull the trigger. Lots of talk, lots of wishing, lots of hoping, but we never do anything with it. And so with procrastination, if we struggle with perfectionism, then that keeps us stuck because nothing is perfect. He is the only one that's perfect and all he does is perfect. So we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. We do our best and he takes our offering and he does amazing things with it. And the third reason that I've struggled with in procrastination in the past is fear. We are told over and over again in the scriptures to not fear, but it also says to take courage. So we replace our fear with something. We don't just eliminate fear. We take his courage. It's ours for the taking. He didn't promise that it would be easy, that it wouldn't come with challenges, but he did promise he would be with us. And I want to say right here that when things start getting hard in walking out our our dream, our calling, they will. It's not a matter of if, it's when they start getting hard that we can't jump ship. We can't just assume that God is not in this because we're struggling or there's challenges or it's not as easy as we thought it would be. I, I want to say that God God is con, um, invested in the process. There's, there are things he has for us in the process of walking out our calling, of bringing our God-given dreams to life. That process is important to him. It's not just getting the thing done that he's put in our hearts. There is a process. And in that process, we become more like Christ. We are purified. We're sanctified. We get, he gives us a, a burden, which in turn we give back to him because we can't carry that ourselves. But he is invested in that process just as much as getting the dream completed or, you know, being able to check that off. God's people needed to be reminded to not be afraid. When Mary was told she would give birth to the Savior, the angel first told her to not be afraid. When Joshua was charged with taking the Israelites into the promised land, God told him not to be afraid, but also to take courage. There again, God gives us his courage. We all deal with fear. It's how we handle it that matters. Even the most poised and seemingly confident people deal with fear. They don't get rid of it. They simply know how to deal with it. They know how to compartmentalize it. They know how to not let it overtake them, how to do things even though they're fearful. Most people would say they fear failure. What if they try something and it fails? I have struggled with fear of success. I know that sounds weird. I think that needs to be talked about more. Fear of success is really a different side to fear of failure. Fear of success sounds like, what if I'm successful, but I'm only a one hit wonder? What if I experience success and I can't sustain it? What if I'm successful and I lose friends because of it, or I can't measure up to what I think I need to be? 
So if you've asked yourself any of those questions, you probably struggle with fear of success also. Fear of failure can be paralyzing, but so can fear of success. But either way, God promises us to be with us and to guide us. So those are the three that I've really seen in my own life, boredom, perfectionism, and fear. So what are some practical ways to overcome it? So we've discussed what procrastination is and diagnosed how it might show up in our lives. Now I'm going to share some real practical ways to overcome it. So as we said before, procrastination is closely related to the shiny object syndrome, meaning you're doing something, something new and interesting comes along and you're distracted. But it also has to do with wanting immediate gratification and wanting an immediate payoff to feel good now instead of pushing through doing that mundane task, that boring task, and ensuring that our future self feels the reward of that then. We want it now. To overcome procrastination, we need to do a few things. We need to first recognize and become aware of where we're procrastinating. So we have to think about our thoughts. I know, sounds so weird, but we have to think about our thoughts. We, we have to start to become aware of, okay, I'm sitting down to write. What is causing me to get distracted? What makes me run to get my cleaning supplies and clean the grout in my shower instead of writing what I feel like God's put on my heart? Okay, so we, that's number one. Number two, we have to do some reflection and ask ourselves why we're procrastinating. Is it because of boredom, perfectionism, or fear? Or maybe it's another reason we didn't even talk about today. Regardless of what it is, naming it is a huge step to overcoming it. So if it's boredom, right, even though accomplishing and doing something God's asked us to do is exhilarating, not every single aspect of it is going to be an amazing experience. There will be some boring parts. That's just a fact. Do the thing you like the least about the dream first. You don't like talking on the phone. Does that mean making phone calls? Does it mean taking a break from social media, the quote unquote fun stuff to focus on and go deeper with what God's designs are for this dream? A behind the scenes season, if you will. If it's writing, does it mean setting aside some time each day to write, whether we feel like it or not? We need to delay those dopamine hits of doing something fun until later as a reward. If it's starting a podcast, it may mean reading and researching on what is all involved in publishing a podcast. Do those hard things first and you'll enjoy the rest without feeling that that nagging feeling of I should be doing something else. Discipline yourself to be present to what's in front of you and not distracted with the shiny object that's pulling your attention away from it. If it's perfectionism, start small and do something every day that you would normally put off because it's not perfect. It can be something small and work your way up to the bigger stuff. Find ways you can incorporate the phrase good enough into your vocabulary. Do things with excellence, but then be okay with it. Let it go. If I'm not aware of my procrastinating tendencies, I can start to really like spiral on a little detail of something and just keep hammering it until it's perfect. God has had to have me work on good enough, right? And so I'm telling you from experience that that helps you overcome the perfectionism. 
when you can leave, when you can step back, take a step back and say, it's good enough, then you're making progress with your perfectionism. Another area you can um, work on is journaling. Ask God to show you areas you are struggling with perfectionism, and then give those areas to him, recognizing the fact that he doesn't ask us to be perfect. He wants us to pursue excellence, but often that looks really different from perfect. Give that imperfect action to him as an offering. You are giving him what you have. Watch what he does with it. Just like I'm reminded of the boy with the loaves and the fish, right? There were people to be fed, multitudes to be fed. It was not a perfect scenario, but he offered Jesus what he had. And if you struggle with fear, if fear is what's keeping you procrastinating, do the hard work of finding out what exactly you're afraid of. Tell a friend about that specific fear. Have them hold you accountable. Fear thrives in the dark, and by sharing it with someone, we diffuse its power. Instead of letting failure have a final say, ask yourself what you can learn from it. I heard an acronym for fear once that has stayed with me for years. It is false evidence appearing real. Satan likes to make us afraid with smoke and mirrors. The reality is he's afraid of the woman who says a wholehearted yes to God's plan and being empowered by him to do it. So if it's fear, journal. So if it's fear, tell a trusted friend. Tell a friend who's going to hold you accountable. Tell, tell them your goals for the week and have them ask you at the end of the week. The ones that you're afraid of doing, right? The ones where you struggle with fear. And more often than not, when I've been afraid of something and I go ahead and do it, on the other side of it, I look back and I'm like, what was I so afraid of? Sometimes I will take my journal or I'll just think about it like the worst case scenario. Okay, let's say I get up to, I'm at a speaking event and I actually get up to speak and I say something twice or I don't do a good job or whatever it is. At the end of it, I can celebrate a few things. Number one, I overcame the fear that kept me from doing it. Number two, I can look back and I can learn and grow. And I can talk to other people who have the same fear, who have overcome the fear, and they can tell, give me hints and tips and suggestions on what they do right before they get up to speak. So that's an example of something that you can relate to. So I've struggled with, with each of these at some point, boredom, perfectionism, and fear. Some of them are probably boredom is my ongoing battle, but they're fought and won with him. I know this, these things will keep us stuck and filled with regret if we don't work through them. Think about this, at the mercy seat of Christ, we will not be judged according to whether we're going to heaven or hell. Instead, we'll be judged according to what we've done with what we've been given. How did we build his kingdom with the tools and the gifts and the talents he's given us? How did we steward the message he's given us? How did we accomplish his plan for his glory? Everything will be shown for what it was on that day. And I want what I did to last throughout eternity. And I know you do too. So were you challenged with this episode? I'm the type of woman who wants people to speak into my life and tell me things that might be hard to hear, but in the end will make me a better person. And I'm assuming you are too. 
There's too much at stake with your God-given dream to just keep on procrastinating. One of my good friends, Christina Slavic, says God will either use you or go around you. If we're stuck and unable to move forward, he'll go around us because he will accomplish his will, whether we're partnering with him and doing that or not. So hey, if you haven't already subscribed, go to stuffofheaven.com and type your name in and email address to be one of the insiders so you stay in the know about future episodes and all that we're doing to encourage and empower you in your God-given dream. When you do, you'll receive an instant download. You'll receive my freebie, seven ways to know if your dream is from God or not. We all want to know that what we're pursuing, the thing that we feel called to is his dream for us and that we're not wasting time and that it doesn't matter. All right, we'll see you next time.